cbf.org.au. Welcome to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. Whether you're listening live on Triple H 100.1 FM or via podcast, here's the show where you learn from experts, be inspired by journeys and discover more about making your small business a success. So despite the best intentions and our hard work in building relationships, sometimes it can all go to the proverbial. A dispute over an unpaid invoice, incomplete work, timing issues or workplace grievances can lead to your small business downfall. We're fearful lawyers and the legal system. Perhaps generally we worry about being in trouble, but the legal system can support you. It can protect your rights and it can help you recoup losses and income, which is rightfully yours. The role of the mediator is one which small businesses should familiarise themselves with. Crombie Pitts joins us today to explain the role of mediation, how small business commissioned officers works, and generally what the process is to resolve disputes. Welcome to the show, Crombie. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's great to have you here in the studio. It's, it's lovely to have people face to face while we still can. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. <laughs> so the process of mediation when it comes to small business is... I guess it's um, it can be complex, but it can also be quite simple. In your opinion overall, it, does it depend on, I guess, what everyone's disputing as to how complex or simple those, that process can be? Yes, it does. So, I mean, there are different types of mediation. Um, we're t- talking today about small business in particular, but there is family mediation. But there might be a dispute over a business partnership where someone's retiring or they're, or they're selling the business. Mm. It could be a dispute, um, an employee uh, with a, uh, uh, who's been overlooked for a promotion, for example, and then they want to have a dispute with their, um, so we're not supposed to technically with their employer, um, so that's more of a workplace dispute. Um, it could be a dispute which is particularly common at the moment where there's a tenant, so it could be a cafe operator, pharmacist who's in dispute with their landlord over the COVID-19 regulations mm-hmm. and they might be not getting what they're supposed to do on the regulations. So the, they're allowed to um, apply to, for a mediator to be appointed by the Small Business Commission. So that's a very common one at the moment. So we're saying um, it sounds to me like it tends to be between two parties uh, where there's obviously a dispute over something. What is the difference between mediation and going to court? That's a good question. So um, the main difference is the cost actually involved. So the cost of going to mediation is approximately, say, 1500 to 3500 a day, mm-hmm. uh, share between the parties. If you went to court, you know, you're talking thousands of dollars. So And there is no guarantee of that you get a result. So um, there's, there's, um, you could have a... Also, the trouble with court is it can be many months away, mm. whereas with the mediation... Uh, it's really up to the two parties to agree a date with the mediator. So that could be within yeah, a couple of within a few days. So your, your, your resolution is much faster. Um, the other thing is um, the party. So the there's probably an eighty percent success rate for mediation. Wow, that's so really impressive. It is and um, which again you're not guaranteed at court. So. Uh, I think that's and the, the other the other thing to think about is that the decision is between the two parties. Mm. The mediator helps facilitate that, so you're getting a result which you're involved with, rather than the court telling you what the result is. So the mediator's role is not like a judge. They don't necessarily make a decision. They, I guess, listen to both parties and help the parties come to a decision. It's a very different role to someone who's a bit more dictatorial like a judge would be. It is. So you're a facilitator. So you're bringing the two parties together. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there can be a lot of emotion involved in some of these uh, mediations. Um, but 
you're, you, know, you need to be patient and uh, bring them to, together. And you, you know, the, one of the things you can do in the mediation is you can go into breakout rooms, most particularly online, mm. um, or or private sessions, as they call it. So, and that, and you can have a number of private. It doesn't have to be one. You can have a number of private sessions where you can vent really or or bounce ideas off the mediator. Um, oh, I see. So you. As, uh, so you've got two parties who are in dispute. You've got the mediator. So the mediator will speak to each of those parties individually and then also together to help th- so that everybody feels um, as if they're heard. Yes. So you start off by sort of having an opening statement. The mediator talks about the, the process. Each party has a chance to, I suppose, state their case. And then um, you would discuss the, the... The mediator would come up with a roadmap of the, the main issues mm-hmm. and you'd then discuss those and evaluate them. And then you would break into, into uh, breakout rooms or... Um, so or physically moment, move into another room in the olden days. <laughs> yes, absolutely. At the moment, all mediations are online, so mm. which is obviously... Um, I mean, in a way, that's good because you don't have to waste time going into the city or so. Um, I think, you know, I've been trained on in mediation online and I think, um, you know, potentially I could mediate in Victoria. It doesn't have to be necessarily just in New South Wales. Mm. Well, that's an interesting point about being trained for mediation online. Is that uh, a different process for you um, as, a, as a mediator? Are you finding it easier to work with people because they're physically separated and you haven't got all that angst? Um, so one of the things to help um, make people more comfortable is you have a pre-mediation meeting or online discussion. So you really get to know the people and what the what the crux of the problem is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you come together as a group at the mediation date, um, I suppose you're familiar with the parties. Um, you, know, you still can understand. You still look see their facial expressions. Um, I mean, it, I agree. It's it's not you know it, ideally lovely to be every, all mediations to be face to face, but um, you know I think at this time for the time for the foreseeable future they're going to be they're going to be online. So, so is that is that your preference to have things face to face? Is it, do you I, find that people work better? I mean, to me, it's just I, throwing two people in the room who are literally at the point of almost vehemently hating one another would be terrifying. Uh, but you're saying it's almost better because it helps to resolve things. Yes, I mean, you can, yes, it is. It is better to do that. You can do um, sort of almost like shuttle mediation. So, for example, if one party is literally not on speaking terms with the other, you can do a, a situation where you would ha- be in different rooms and the mediator would discuss points with each party and then would literally then go and tell the case to the other side. Um, <laughs> it sounds to me like... <laughs> Just this is what I do with my two children, <laughs> mediating between their the discussions. Corner. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I can't imagine it being too dissimilar. So you're picking up each of those points that they're making, and you're bringing it to the other person. My God, you must you must need a really good memory to be a successful. You do. Mediator. I mean, you make extensive notes. Mm. Um, at the end of the mediation, actually, you're not allowed to keep your notes. You're supposed to dispose of them so that because the whole thing is private and confidential. So. Mm. Um, so that's you know that's important, um, but no, I think uh, you know it's it's uh, you need to be uh, impartial. Yeah. Um, one, one of the things you can't do is you can't be uh, prompting them to maybe think of um, ideas, so you can't lead them into a into a result, um, an outcome. Um, you have to got to be careful that you don't do that, even though um, you feel like you want to sometimes. Yeah, because um, you can see the way out of this, and I guess the two parties may not be able to. Yes, so it's really op- 
you're asking a lot of open-ended questions mm. to make them think. And you're also saying some things like, what would be the worst case scenario if we didn't settle today? You know, what? where do you see this going from here? And they might think, oh, I have to go to court or... Um, It'll cost me a lot of money. Yeah. Or, or you, and the other thing is either party can um, agree to um, stop the mediation at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, if that happens, the mediator would obviously try and discuss why they want to do that, maybe on their own with that, that party. Um and then, but they have they have they have a liability to they can so they can stop the mediation. And so, um, you would the mediator would then probably make some notes on a discussion on where you're up to to that date to that time. Sorry, and then they each party would sign that. And then you may decide to come back to mediation another time with the same mediator or someone new. So. Um, so in that instance, those notes are retained yes, so that they can they be are. passed on. But if, if it's resolved, um, then all of that evidence is destroyed. Yeah, so it's, like, it's called like a mediation agreement, effectively. So oh. it's where you've got to. Mm-hmm. Um, if a mediation fail, if, if, you do, if, for example, you've been arguing all day, I say arguing, discussing all day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's OK. You can say arguing. <laughs> <laughs> then at the end of that time, you might say, look, we can't come to an agreement. And... Um, so the mediator can write up a, an agreement that says the mediation has failed. Um, you can then take that to court. Mm. Um, or you might decide to come back another day. You, know, you might say, look, we need to, some time to think about this. Um, or maybe to gather more evidence because it's heading in a particular direction yeah. and you might I mean, not you have can, it with you. The other thing is you can, so for example, you can bring advisors into the mediation with you. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Can you bring, is this a place for the lawyers or is that later? No, you can. Yes, a lot of people bring their lawyers in. I mean, it, um, everyone has to sign a confidentiality agreement, including all the parties involved. Um, so it's confidential. But yes, you can bring a lawyer in. Um, alternatively, you can call someone during the meeting. You know, you, when you're in your private session, you could actually go and make a call hmm. um, and get some advice on. You think you might be nearly at the point and you want some advice off your lawyer, you can go and do that. Oh, right. That's not an issue. So it sounds to me like it's really flexible. I mean, you couldn't do that in a court, couldn't no, you? Well, so everyone stop and wait, I've just got to go and make a phone yeah, call. Yeah, it's very flexible. You know, and obviously you have breaks, and um, but yeah, certainly, generally they take a few hours. I would generally say to someone, don't, you know, don't book half a day, book, you know, leave a day aside. Mm. Um, and, you know, maybe at the end of the day, you might, the mediator, you might say to the mediator, look, we think we're nearly there, but we're going to need another couple of hours, you know. And, you, and obviously that's something you accept, so... Um, but generally, they take a day. Some some can take a few days. Some of the more complicated mediations with a you know an ex judge as a mediator, um, where it might be a very complicated case, could take a number of days. You're listening to Small Biz Matters here on Triple H 100.1 FM. If you've just joined us, we're speaking to Crombie Pitts all about the issue and the scenario for small business mediation, which is becoming more and more common these days. It, it keeps you, by the sounds of it, it keeps you out of the courts. Um, it is a, a cheaper process. It may be a more uh, resolving process, and it, it certainly is a faster process than going through um, the court system. Crombie, uh is there a, a sort of, you mentioned a, a couple of hours is typically how long these things can take. Is there, in your um, experience, are there types of cases that take longer? Is employment scenarios or workplace relations scenarios, uh, do they take longer because they're sort of more emotive? Not necessarily. Uh, I mean, they're definitely emotive. You generally find maybe an employee with a, uh, so you generally the mediator would be employed by the you know, the employer to come in and mediate on behalf of 
between the party and maybe someone who their their boss, you know, for example. Um, so you would it generally, you know, it would be an hour, two hours. It wouldn't be too long, depending on you know, depending on what the uh, the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a property matter, uh, which I'm do a lot of, uh, then you would it could be from you know it could be four or five hours or mm. six hours maybe um depending on what the you know what the result is or it can be quite short you know they can agree to that we're not you know we agree quite quickly and so it could be a couple of hours you know so but generally it's sort of two to four hours for a mediation yeah that's interesting uh, because obviously you want it to be over and done with as quickly as possible that's the point so when you're choosing a mediator wouldn't one party say, well, um, I'm not letting you choose and therefore it'll, it'll go both ways. So how can the process of even choosing mediate in the first place be um, on common ground? So it depends on what industry you're in. So if it's in, say, retail property, uh, you would, if you had a dispute with COVID regulations, you would apply to the Small Business Commission mm-hmm. and they would appoint a mediator from their panel. Mm. Um, if you were, and then, and then the mediator would be, so the that mediator will be appointed and they would contact either... You, you actually are told who that mediator is and depending on... You might say, I oh, know I've... You know, I've, uh, one of the people might say, no, I've dealt with them before. I didn't like that mediator. I want someone else. So mm-hmm. you can... Then they can go back and appoint someone else. Um, generally, I mean, generally they're accepted because they've been... Uh, their background has been looked at by the Small Business Commission. Mm. Um, if it's something like... Um, Employment. I mean, it could be or or the accounting could be an accounting issue. It might be someone from the CPA that's got a, a panel of mediators. And so then, professional associations are a great place to start as well. They are. Yes. Yeah. What if you're a, um, in the building and trades industry? Can you go to the Masters Builders Association? Yes, you probably could. Yes, you could. Um, and then they would. Oh, you can do a private mediation now. You basically. Uh, I came across one recently where there was a builder in dispute with a, a client over a final bill, mm-hmm. and um, they were referred to a, a mediator yeah, through their um, through their accountant. So I often get referrals through accountants and lawyers, and um, quite a lot of lawyers become mediators. Um, Is that because it's a bit easier, <laughs> faster, more well, efficient? Because it's when they want to look at retiring and think they can yeah. do it. You know, part time, but no. Often it's because they're in arbitration or in uh, in um, that type of thing. Mm. So uh, then they then they will be a you know a lot of it is legal cases which get very complicated, and so that's not something that I practice in. But um, you know, lawyers. You can imagine lawyers would choose people with a lawyer background as a mediator, probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And someone who you get along with, because obviously the, yeah. the choosing process is, is important that you um, you might have got a referral from someone, but someone that sort of suits who you are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not like you're choosing uh, uh, someone who to r- represent you legally because you want a pit bull in your court when it's someone like that. Absolutely. But in this case, it's someone who's a good listener and listens to both parties. We're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters on Triple H 100.1 FM. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk to Crombie a little bit more about the New South Wales Small Business Commissioner and the type of support that is on offer right now for businesses out there, particularly in the space of code of conduct issues uh, with retailers and uh, commercial leases. You're listening to Triple H. We'll be back after this. Since its inception a year ago... South Wales for updates. So if you've just joined us on Triple H, we were speaking to Crombie Pitts before the break all about the process of mediation 
how to look for a good mediator, who to ask for, and in particular, what the role of the New South Wales Small Business Commissioner is in these scenarios. So, Crombie, you mentioned that the New South Wales Small Business Commissioner has panels of mediators that you that they select or you can choose from, I guess, when you've got a small business dispute. How does that process work as opposed to a private mediation? So, the New South Wales um, Small Business Commissioner... The panel was, they have a panel for about three years. So it's currently from September 19. Um, they will be opening it up again shortly, I understand, because of the, they're having, I think they've had 450 applications a week at the moment, whereas the, normally there's 100 a week. And so a lot of that is because of the commercial leasing issue in the It's code because of, of COVID, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> with, with, with tenants in dispute with the landlord and the landlord not taking no disregard for the regulations and just ignoring them Mm. and so the option is to apply for mediation um the only issue is if it doesn't work then you still got to go to court so that's as a small business you know that's the issue is um that you you know could cost you quite a lot of money you know so time as well time yeah Mm. time and stress a lot of stress uh, involved, so um, so the the panel is appointed from you know the uh, you, as I say you apply to go on the panel and you have to have the national accreditation to be on the panel, um, and then they obviously there's different types of mediators so with different experience in different matters so the the uh, New South Wales Business Commission would choose a a person suitable to the particular case. Mm-hmm. So when you apply to the to the uh, Small Business Commission, you have to fill in a form that basically sets out like your statement of what's what the case is about, mm-hmm. what the what the uh, discussion is, the dispute, and each party fills that in and sends it back to. The so, other could side. I just ask you there? Do you need to have both parties agreeing to mediation in order for the mediation to occur? No. You don't. So you so, could take someone to mediation, yeah. for want of a better word, and say to them, look, I'm going through this process. Are they legally obliged to fill out the paperwork under the cases of the Code of Conduct for And the retail leases lease that they are, but I've, I know for a fact that there are some um, landlords that still refuse to, to do that. So, And they've even locked people out as well. Are they so, the big ones or the small ones? The smaller ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the, big the big ones, ones are playing ball, really. Well, they so, have to, otherwise yes. they'll get hauled through the, yeah. the media. Yeah. But, I, th- I mean, the option is, you know, if you're, if you're locked out, you can ring the Small Business Commission for advice. There's a free helpline and, um, and they will give you advice about getting a mediator appointed as soon as possible. When you're Um, literally locked off or out of the property? Yes. That's terrifying. It is terrifying. It does happen, yeah. Wow. And is is, is that, I guess that happens normally out of COVID times um, because there is a... There is a code of conduct anyway that exists, but yeah. um, there is more power to uh, the people who are leasees at the moment as opposed to the landlords, right? Yes, there is, yeah. I mean, landlords, um, most landlords are doing the right thing and uh, are giving the, you know, the, this rent-free or, or waiver, uh, um, sorry, deferment of the, of the amount, half mm-hmm. the amount, mm-hmm. depending on, but you have to be on JobKeeper and you have to be, you know, loss of more than 30%. So... Some people are only just close to that, and others, uh, well, you know, have, have really lost a lot of money. Yeah, um, particularly those with a bricks and mortar retail situation who haven't been able to pivot online very quickly. Definitely, yeah. So I mean, the I, process is: you go to the New South Wales Small Business Commissioner. At the moment, it tends to be a lot of questions around leases and and uh, that code of conduct, but it does happen generally. That yep. the New South Wales Small Business Commissioner will also work in the other mediation space as well. Do they do fair work stuff? Um. 
To be honest, no, it'd be, it'd be, uh, no, they don't. So they just do the... Uh, the New South Wales Small Business Commission is mainly for property, mm-hmm. but the Fair Work would also have... So there's an ombudsman mm-hmm. um, who would appoint mediators. So again, there's another panel on that one. Um, the advantage of a mediator at the moment is I can... I can mediate in any state. So I think, with particularly with Victoria at the moment, um, there's a lot of uh, cafe operators and restaurants affected by COVID and being closed, locked down. Mm. And um, those disputes can go to the Victorian New South uh, Victorian panel, and they could potentially appoint someone from New South Wales. Oh, right. So the fact that your um, the accreditation is a, a national accreditation, it means it can be across all. Yeah. States, which is handy. Which is unusual because a lot of, uh, as a, I'm, an, I'm a licensed real estate agent, that's for New South Wales. So you have to be a different, you have to have a you know, slightly different qualification for Queensland. So um, so this, it's quite unusual to have a, a national accreditation for something. Yeah, for anything, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that is a case I think a lot of people would talk, would speak on in terms of their, I think it's because a lot of legislation is state-based, not yes. just federal-based. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, people go to uh, have a mediation. That process, I presume, is the same as if you went through a private process. People can pull out at any time. Yes, it is. Tell me about um, a scenario where you felt, an example of where you felt that it really just wasn't working and it was your call to end the mediation. Does a mediator have the right or the the ability to end the mediation because it's just not going anywhere? Yes, they can. Yeah, so the mediator can stop the mediation at any time, as can either party. Mm. So, um, as I mentioned before, you know, you would if that was happening and the mediator could see that it was close on settlement, then they would try and... Um, bring that party back online, you know, by having a private chat with them and seeing if there was something they could, you know, assist. Sometimes people, um, you, the mediator might say, well, is that something you want to bring up when we get back together in the group? Um, or other times then person might say, well, can the mediator bring that up to the other side? So mm. it almost depends on, I don't say how brave you are, but sometimes it's better to come from the mediator rather than from the, the other party. So they, you know, they feel there's a middle ground. Yeah, well, that is the point of, the, of having that person there because then yes. they're not they're not feeling pressured by the other party as well. That yeah. takes that takes away that. And in, ter- in terms of taking away that raw emotion, have there is has there ever been a case where you felt, I guess, um, not personally involved but quite emotionally involved, and and it's been difficult for you? Um. I've had a mediation where um, it was a franchisee uh, who was in a major shopping centre who um, had her lease ended early. It was like three years into a five-year lease because of a redevelopment. And um, unfortunately, you know, then the hoardings appeared all around the tenancy before everyone else. So she was still open. Everyone else was getting closed down. So mm. um, you basically allowed a comp- uh, compensation based on your fit-out, depreciated fit-out. And um, I just don't think... Sh- she was given the right um she wasn't really they weren't very helpful in, in making it easy for her um you know they you are you are allowed to be offered different leases in the tenancy but they weren't really similar um so she had to close you know so she she was you know 3 years into a, a 5 year lease built the business up and then that was the end of it really so she felt very aggrieved so she was very emotional um she did have a lawyer with her um the other side had a lawyer as well um and um, so a big la- I won't say who landlord is but it was a big landlord so, so uh, they had a big lawyer they had a big lawyer <laughs> I'm just seeing a big David and Goliath lawyers, battle actually. here oh, so, of course uh, they did yeah. a panel so, of lawyers but um, 
the end of the it was the the decision that eventually she got a result which was I thought was reasonable, but I think um, um, yeah because there were lawyers were both involved, it got it got a bit. Uh, bit difficult bit awkward and um i think um you know she was sort of making sure a lawyer was doing most of the talking rather than her i think but i so i just don't think she got really the results she could have done um but- so when lawyers talk it almost takes the emotion out of it and is it more of an emotive process in mediation then going to the courts because you've got people talking to one another as opposed to lawyers absolutely definitely staring at each other it's much more emotive you know um but also to your advantage. I mean, you can take breaks when you want to, you know, people. Um, so I think it's a way of, um, you know, you, you really get the result, hopefully. I mean, like in anything, if, if, with a decision on a negotiation, sometimes one party feels they've had a better result than the other. Mm. Hopefully with a mediation, you feel like you've had a, you know, sort of a compromise. So when you're um, about three quarters of the way through it and you can, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and you can see that there's a possibility... Is it about um, people compromising? So, you know, a party A might walk in with a, a list of demands. Party B has a list of these demands, and you kind of shuffle the cards around the table until they they balance. Is yeah, that definitely. It? And I mean, I think the other important thing is that you you're talking to each party about what's the worst case scenario that could happen um, and the best case scenario. So. Uh, the worst case scenario might be that you don't agree and you go to court, which is going to cost you more money. And so, time. And, and time and stress. Mm. So um, I think that's the advantage of, uh, you know, you're almost showing your hand with uh, with the mediation, whereas in court you may be not showing your hand. So you it can be, uh, you know, you're very transparent with the other party. Mm. And then if you've gone through that process and it does end up going to court, it, can you give us an example of when you had to just shut it down and say, well, this is just not working? Um, it's one with a landlord who just wouldn't do, wouldn't accept the COVID regulations, even though they're the law. So um, it's a private landlord, and eventually we he just wouldn't negotiate really at all. So we uh, I discussed it with the uh, the tenant, and they were happy to go to court. So well, I, I was going to okay. say, is it the, is it whoever has the most money wins? I mean, does it come down to? I guess, obviously, it's in everybody's best interest to go through the mediation process and finish it there. But do you often see people who are in a position of power taking advantage of that and just going, nah, I'm going to be stubborn. I might be dragged in here. Yeah, but, but hopefully the mediator can, uh, you know, take the emotion out of this situation, mm. um, uh, so, which is, you know, definitely the mediator's job, you know, to take that away from power, the, empower the decision there. But, um, yeah, so... Indeed, indeed. We're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. When we come back after the break, we're going to speak some more about the process of mediation in the case of small business and how it differs from other types of mediation um, that you might be experiencing in other parts of your life. You're listening to Triple H. We'll be back after this. Uh, Helping you promote it. So today we're talking to Crombie Pitts all about the process of mediation. Now, Crombie, just before the break, you were letting us know about what happens when you're working with an agency such as the New South Wales Small Business Commissioner and that process. Mediation happens in lots of different areas of life. Um, What are some other ways that people might use a mediator apart from in a small business dispute? Uh, So... I think, as I mentioned, employment is is another place that you might go to mediation through uh, your workplace. Um, could be a sorry, I'm just thinking of a thing. Could be um, could be a builder. 
going to court against someone like that. Oh, sorry, not going to court, going to mediation. Um, Is that like a contractual mediation where a contract was broken, for example? Yeah, it can be. Um, I mean, sometimes... Um, so it could be... So things like... It could be a franchisee mm. um, of, a, of a cafe that's fallen out with their franchisor mm-hmm. and um, maybe they've applied to the, their uh, registered um, body and, they've, and then they've recommended a mediator. That's pretty common actually there is quite a lot of franchise disputes and is that because they had an agreement as to when they became a franchisee they paid all this money they were expecting xyz marketing material collateral help support and they just weren't getting it is that how that yeah definitely to work? That, that sort of thing um and sometimes uh you know a franchise may just be like, like a lot of michelle's patisseries they were quite expensive to buy in the past um mm. and maybe they just weren't the right operator and um they haven't you know they've struggled and they've been talking to the center management team and and so the next thing they do is then go back to their franchise or the you know and um maybe start arguing about how much they're paying for marketing and so yeah it can, it's expensive for some of the franchises i think people some people retire and think i oh, will will buy a, fr- a franchise and, um, you know, you have to make sure you're op- going with open eyes because... Well, I was going to ask about that, actually, because you mentioned that the mediation process is, uh, it's confidential. Yes. But if you are shopping around for a franchise and by the sounds of it, there seems to be a lot of mediation, like things going on in, in that world, how do you know that a particular... Um, because it's in, when it's in the courts, it's public knowledge, isn't it? But when yes. it's mediated, it's, it's not. It's private, yeah. Um, well, I suppose with with things like Michelle's Patisserie or say something like that, something like a, um, a Brumby's Bakery, you know, um, I think it's really maybe going in and talking to the to the one of the operators mm. and asking them what their experience, um, and you know that could be confidential. Um, but I think that's the best way to find out. Mm. Um, ask around, what, use your connections. Yeah, absolutely. Go and go and ask people. You know, people generally are happy to talk about it, and particularly if it's if they're doing very well, they'd be. Happy to talk to you. And if they're not doing well, they'll also be happy to talk to you probably. So you don't uh, make the same mistakes <laughs> as they did, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's the best thing. Um, other mediation could be um, under the accountancy or the law law society, um, you know, where there's been a, a law a case that... that uh, that lawyers get involved with, um, as I say, there's quite a lot of lawyers that become mediators. So, some, some could be could be quite a difficult case. Um, it could be, yeah, it could be a DA issue. Mm. Um, so that would go through local government, and again, they would appoint a mediator. Um, so that 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 does happen quite a lot. It could be a neighbour dispute over a fence. You know, that that could go to mediation. Yeah, so there's um, quite a lot of examples of where there it's are a used. lot of examples. Yeah, and it sounds to me that it's a it's a great thing because it keeps people from clogging up the court system when Absolutely. otherwise it could just and it's be. pretty cost effective. It's not too expensive. You know, it's shared by both parties as well. Indeed. So tell me, um, Crombie, where can people find out more about the mediation process in general? Is there a sort of a professional association that has there information is? There's in a general? mediation standards board. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, uh, which you can find out about, um, find out about mediation. And um, there is also, um, yeah, so I'm an accredited mediator. So NMAS is the National Mediation Accreditation Standards. Um, so that's, if you just, if you just Google, you know, uh, how do I find a mediator, it will come up with, uh, 
with with that on the mediation standards board and you can put in my name and it will tell you if I'm accredited or not mm. so uh, which I am so. <laughs> hopefully just quickly double check <laughs> well um, that's wonderful thank you so much for coming on the program and sharing with us all of your knowledge about the process uh, how the New South Wales Small Business Commission and how other uh, government bodies support small business as well um, and of course people can find you on LinkedIn I presume yes they can yeah absolutely fantastic well thank you very much for joining us here on Small Biz Matters Crombie if you've missed any of today's program you can catch up via smallbizmatters.com.au where there are now 170 podcasts to download listen educate uh, be fascinated by learn uh, and listen to experts just like Crombie Pitts today thank you very much for joining me here on Triple H 100.1 FM we'll be back next week Thank you. One, two, three, four. <laughs>